Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First of yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Tuesday. Got a bit confused there. Don't worry, I'm back on track now. Uh, a lot of um, housing, inner city living stuff for you today. Uh, they're getting rid of all the heritage homes in Auckland, apparently. But that's only a one-time thing, isn't it? You can only get rid of those once, so let's be careful. Uh, cycle lanes, uh, great to have them, but who's looking after them once we've got them? And uh, Marcus tries to get a park in Queenstown. Uh, let's put all that infrastructure stuff to one side at the end of the podcast and talk about dodgy churches. Uh, but it, it, but let's go back to uh, innocent living at the beginning and, yeah, all the uh, intensification of housing. Uh, where are we at with this? Japan, in, in general, is an unbelievable country. The way they live so, so harmoniously and, 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 and how great their town planning is for such a high-density country. And it's something we should really aspire to. And that's the reality of it. We don't need big, massive areas with uh, blanket controls that have heritage and character. Um, we just need to have really one area I don't know where that's going to be, but probably just pick out the best quality area that they would have the best quality villas and bungalows. And, and then that's it. That's your heritage area. And then let the rest go high density and just have controls uh, around the aesthetics. Um, look, all you have to do, I've been in the architecture industry in, in Auckland, the building industry for 20 years. And look, um, I go around to a lot of people's places in, in, in urban Auckland uh, and they're sitting on big sections. And I can tell you this right now, most of those large sections are not utilised. There are not kids playing out the back. It's normally one or two people rattling around in overgrown gardens. So it's a myth that you require a large section and people want a section these days. A lot of people aren't going to like me when I say this. I just, to be quite honest with you, I have no attachment whatsoever to bungalow and villas. I think they're just a kit set homes of the 19, early 1900s. Um, I've built with a lot of them, tons of them, too many. I, I never want to go in another one again. Uh, they're, they're horrible. See, this is the problem, isn't it? Um, is it just a New Zealand thing or is it an everybody thing? Where you, know, you start start off by making some reasonable points and then you um, you just have to start putting other people's ways of life down and getting all militant about it. And then your reasonable point doesn't sound that reasonable anymore, does it? Um, is it is it reasonable to uh, get rid of the heritage home state status of a lot of Auckland homes that you know have been heritagey up until now, and now they decided that they're not as heritagey as they as, as they used to be? I'm sure you're not pleased. Uh, no, no, we're pretty disappointed. Um, there's a great deal of loss going to happen in those special character areas, and and we think that is avoidable. Well, the thing is, both National and Labour, the government went over the top of councils, and in Auckland in particular, they got the unitary plan that was there already, and all their long thought-through plans and all their zonings and all that thought and all that lobbying just disappeared with a stroke of a pen from a grand coalition of National and Labour. Yes, yes, that's right. And we just think it's it's not necessary. We already have um, an extensive amount of ability to intensify in Auckland, 900,000 properties that are available to be intensified. So it just seems a waste to us to ruin those very small areas of character that we still have remaining, to actually destroy those just 
for a very small amount of increased intensification. Uh, it's tricky, isn't it, this one? I mean, I personally don't care. I don't care about, you know, looking after the old fronts of houses because that's what happens, isn't it? You, you have to look after the front of it and make it keep looking old and then meanwhile out the back you've got a swim spa and a terrace TV and you know, all the rest of it. But at the front, looks like it's 150 years old, so that's the main thing. But, you know, probably should hang on to some of these things, maybe. Well, it's tricky, it's tricky. I mean, I'm also personally against cycle lanes, but once you've got them, you should probably look after them. Designated cycling lanes very rarely, if ever, seem to be cleaned. And after many, 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 many punctures over a short period of time, I tend to avoid them like COVID-19. Like many cyclists who also drive a car, I often look at the absolute dog's breakfast of ubiquitous signage, traffic lights, cycle lanes, beep, 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 flash cross now, don't go stop crossing main roads and pedestrian ways and wonder who on earth designed them. I also wonder why we spend millions of dollars building cycleways, but very rarely, if ever, free them of the debris that causes many riders to avoid using them. It's one thing to renew all of the delightful green paint and signage, but unless cycleways are cleaned, then you can expect more cyclists to avoid them. That old adage, build it and they will come, is certainly true apropos of New Zealand cycleways. And we're seeing cycleways taking off like a dog, like a dog um, in, a, in a butcher shop, really. They're going gangbusters, but they, they've got to be clean, don't they? Spend the money on the cycleways and then spend money maintaining them. Why spend the millions building them in the first place? Absolutely bonkers. And yeah, Roman would know because apparently he cycled 150Ks and has a sore bum as a result. So he knows he knows what bonkers is all about. Uh, once again, you've got a, a ZB host there trying to apply logic to stuff. Guys, when are you going to learn? Uh, you wouldn't catch Marcus uh, doing that, would you? Uh, he didn't cycle around Queenstown. He tried to park there. We'd been to the library in Frankton, and we parked on a 90-minute park zone. And we'd gone to play, I think it was, the weather was inclement, it was raining, so we'd gone to the library to play a board game. Sounds pretty geeky, but you know, kids love it. And we enjoy it as well. And you know where this story's going, don't you? Anyway. So we're out to the car, four minutes late. Because normally you think a car park is commensurate to how long you've been over. $65, which I thought was steep for a parking ticket. Because normally in Vicargo, they're $12. So make what you will of that. But is that extortion? I don't know if that's what I mean. I don't normally go and I don't make it a habit of getting um, parking tickets in different places. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a lot. Because you'd really think that the car park would be, the fine would fit the crime. Like if parking's $10 an hour and you're five minutes over, it would be you know, a couple of dollars extra as a fine. But oh, no. So that's weird, isn't it? Well, I thought it was weird. No, that was, I thought it was, I mean, it makes you think, oh, well, that's Queenstown for you. They've dug up the main streets. That'd be why they've got to fund it with the tickets. Nowhere's open to eat because they've got no staff. 
and they're hypervigilant about policing their uh, time frames on their um, parking. Goodness. I do wonder if they had gotten on to the fact that he'd gone to Queenstown and decided to go to the library to play board games. Of all the things that you can do in Queenstown. Like, even if the weather is a bit yuck. I don't know. We're trying to get the tourism industry going again, Marcus. I don't know that. I don't know who's benefiting from the tourism industry. And you going and playing board games in the library for 64 minutes? No, sorry, 94 minutes. Find him. Should have found him more, I reckon. Uh, we're going to finish up here talking about dodgy ch- churches. So often they turn out to be dodgy, don't they? I mean, it's just a fact that they do. What do we do? What can you do? And how do we protect people from their own... God, I hate saying this. Uh, but how do we protect people from their own gullibility and their impressionability, especially young people who want to belong to a community who end up basically um, exploited for the purposes of the church? The tithing. Don't even get me started on the tithing thing. Um, what do you think? Oh eight hundred eighty ten eighty. Is there something specifically wrong with these particular churches? Or, I mean, you might not even buy the story at all. You might say, oh, look, there's a few people who are disgruntled because they've worked hard as volunteers and they're not tough enough. What's your take on it? And what should happen with these churches? Does there need to be some further sort of legal standard on the way they look after uh, volunteers? Does there need to be a limit on how many hours you can ask someone to volunteer for? Because I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. I'd hate to think if I wanted to, if I wanted to give my time to a charity, say I wanted to go do some work for hospice, um, I, I would like to think it was my choice. But somehow it's not, I'm a grown up, I'm a big boy. But with these young people where there's faith and religion at play, I think they are ripe for exploitation. And in my opinion, um, the duty of care that was owed them has basically been discarded like an old piece of fish and chip wrapping. Yeah, tricky, isn't it? You can't live other people's lives for them. Um, You would think that people would know that massive commercial churches often turn out to be dodgy though, wouldn't you? Like, how have we not heard that by now? But apparently some people haven't heard about that by now. I'm good, it's like, don't click on the link in the text that says that your parcel's there. It's, it's a scam. Full of good advice, this podcast. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been the News Talk ZB Advice podcast, and we'll be back with more great advice tomorrow. See you then.